Hey there, guys and gals, it's me, El Capitan Muerte himself, Captain Death, here to tell you guys about an exciting new announcement I have that I'm going to put online here for a couple of the episodes. We have a new merch store up on Redbubble.com. So, we have a whole slew of designs. If you are... Looking at our SoundCloud right now, the SoundCloud profile, you're going to look on the right-hand side for our About, and underneath, you're going to see Library of Tracks on Mixcloud, Episodes up on YouTube, Follow Us on Facebook, and then a new button that I just added called Merch Store. You click that, it'll lead you right to that portfolio uh, landing page where you can check out all the designs we have uploaded. If you are on our YouTube and you're looking at our channel, you're going to look over at that right right hand side where it says SoundCloud Profile. The farthest on the right button is a red bubble button, and it says Merch Store. If you hover over it, you could get there that way. And lastly, if you were on our Facebook group and you noticed the About uh, that tells you about the group a little bit, you're going to scroll down and see Products, and that's going to be the link right there uh, to lead you over to our Redbubble store www.redbubble.com backslash people backslash El Capitan Muerte. Uh, you know, buy a sticker. It's like three bucks. Have have fun. You know, you do you. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on to the show. Uh, thank you all so much for your patronage and stay spoopy. <laughs> Skeletons and shivers down your spine Shrieking skulls will shock your soul And seal your doom tonight Spooky, scary skeletons Speak with such a screech You'll shake and shudder in surprise When you hear these zombies shriek I gotta be honest, man Auntie Whispers my little bubbler here. Yeah. It's one of the smoothest hits I could recommend, my friend. That's a fat fucking hit, man. That was great. That was beautiful. It was very smooth. And I remember when uh, when you and I were getting back into smoking, you pretty much only wanted to roll up, and I'm glad that I finally pushed Auntie Whispers onto you. Um... Yeah, a part, big part of it was like I missed rolling. Yeah, also easier to get back into. It's a lot more raw. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, what was your reasoning that you said you didn't you didn't want to jump straight into bongs? You didn't want to get too high. Well, what I didn't want to get too stoned, just because I didn't want to get like I was on probation at the time, so I didn't want to get paranoid. Absolutely. And I want to feel like, oh man, even though I just got drug tested literally this morning. And I don't get it for a month. I'm going to get it again tomorrow for no reason. And I didn't want to feel all fucking paranoid. Um, (laughs) And I knew I could, like, hit a joint two, three times and be like, okay, I know. This is cool. This is a good area for me to be. You could take a huge rip and not realize how high you're about to get. I also, 
if I'm being completely honest, I also like a high off of a J more. I like, yeah. like when you only have that little filter and it's all just like burning at your fingertips, mm-hmm. like it's a completely different high than when you filter it like doubly through water into a vapor and then you smoke it up through a bubbler. Like it's just, it's a different high. And I feel like with a bubbler, I could be a little bit more conscious. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm like, <laughs> if someone like passes me like a roach, I'm like, I know I'm going to get fucked up. Like, yeah. part of me knows, like, that's a fatty. Like, that's yeah. why they call it that, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I just know that, like, if that's getting passed to me, I'm just going to be so fucking stoned for the next, like, hour and a half. <laughs> like, and for me, like, it's a real it's big... It's beautiful. It's a it's kinesthetic a thing. thing. Like, rolling it, I specifically, I like spliffs. I like and the you way roll a nice spliff, man. It feels good to roll them, and... I like the way they they burn. I like the way they smoke, and it's just it's almost like how people bite their nails to avoid anxiety. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> like rolling up the spliff just feels like like just having the paper and getting that perfect roll where you tuck the paper in right where you need to get it tucked, and everything is just putting together and it's starting to look like it's <laughs> I fit remember together the last like time a I cigarette. Tried, I tried rolling for you last time, and you were like you mind if I give it a go? And I was like, oh, I've disappointed him. It's not, I mean, it's not so much like you, I was disappointed in you. I just felt like I you can have, I can do this do better it. and have fun. You literally wanted to be the one to do it though. Yeah. You're like, no, let me do it. Yeah. Like, it was like, you could, no offense. I love you. Yeah. Man. You could do it poorly and have a bad time or I can do a great job oh, and I have a good know. time. I've, I let let me defend myself a little bit and say that I've never rolled I've never rolled a joint that hadn't done its job. True. Yeah. I I think the only difference between you and I is I go for uh I go for long and tight. Mhm. And you go for, you know, naturally you mix a little bit of tobacco in there, yeah. you pack that in. It's a little bit more loose, but then you shake it. Yeah. You know, you get your worth out of it, but yeah. at the end of the day, it is still a spliff and you're going for smoothness. You're going for all atmosphere. Like you're going for the scientific qualities. Whereas I I just literally throw it in there and try to get it as tight as fucking possible mm-hmm. and then I smoke it immediately. <laughs> Which is always a great method. I, I find that when I do that, I end up spilling some or I end up having to be careful to not oh, spill sh- some. Sh- and absolutely. then it like, kind of messes up how I'm doing things. So You use like, the tobacco as like a cushion. I watch yeah. I watch how you roll, man. Yeah. Like it makes sense. Yeah. There's but, a science to it. There's a quality like, to it. Then you could be like, all right, if a little bit spills out, it's literally fine. I can push that bit back in somewhere else if it's a lot. But most of the time, it's a negligible amount. Yeah. And then for that little trade over, you get a better product. And it's kind of like... Yeah, a smoother product, yeah. In Magic the Gathering, it would be like playing <laughs> Black Mana. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to lose one health, la-di-da. I'm going to draw two cards, though, so... <laughs> Okay. The the thing people might not know, <laughs> since your last episode, you and I have hopped into not one, but two like D and D based games together. Yeah. And and the teams I haven't brought it up yet on the show, so this is a fun time to bring it up. Yeah. On uh on the fantasy night, the basic D and D five E playthrough that we're doing, um, I am a halfling. Uh, Crying Hawaiian, who I am introducing at this point now, five minutes into the episode. Your boy. To my left, he plays a gnome. 
uh, a gnome uh, wizard. Yes. Um, I am a halfling druid. Um, my favorite things that I do with my character now are like lighting things on fire and mm. using fire to affect things because I serve both the goddess of the forest and the goddess of light. So I like to grow the dank, smoke it with my fire fingers. Um, I recently learned moonbeam and flame blade, both of which are fucking sick. Yeah. So yeah, and then uh, and then uh, crying Hawaiian over here is a uh, gnome wizard. Yep, rock gnome wizard. Uh, you know we rocking it out, making toys, <laughs> blending into rocks, casting magic. Uh, I recently hype yourself up, man. You're the you are one of the strongest players of the group, and you use magic so fucking much like it is your second language, man. <laughs> well, it's the thing is like, all right, so I've got prestidigitation. I got a like pretty good set of cantrips. Yeah, man. And it gets us out of a lot of issues where someone might be like, yeah, I'm just going to touch this thing. And I'm like, don't fucking touch it. Mage but hand. also at the same time in in combat, you were also the guy who could fuck them up every element of the goddamn table. Like, oh, yeah. Chromatic w- orb. And water, fire, air, ground. like Necrotic damage. Lightning, death. <laughs> like You could do so much to people to just fuck them up. And it's great. And it's yeah. fantastic. Gone into third Imagi school. Um, you know, shout out to all my homies locked down in community college at third Imagi school. Um, you know, trying to do that alchemy shit. Tenron Otrin plays a human bard um, whose greatest feat is making people's heads explode with vicious mockery. So um, gnarly. It is quite gnarly. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, Deputy Dewey is playing a human rogue um, who rolls more crit ones than I've ever seen anyone ever roll a crit one. But if he doesn't um, roll a if he doesn't roll a one, he rolls a fucking nat twenty. That is true. He is Which is like the he is hot and cold, not mild at all. And um, <laughs> his character it plays almost like a ninja, but sometimes he's just really bad at his job. He's literally Naruto. He's just Naruto. Oh, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. He's he he doesn't know what he's doing. He gets <laughs> but lucky, he's a ninja. <laughs> but sometimes that spirit of the fox comes through, and that's he will hilarious. blow your fucking head off. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, and then we have. Um, we have uh, Harold Heavyhands, uh, who plays a Wan T warlock, and the stuff we were talking about last night with him is gonna be nuts. He, he's you literally just imagine the coolest a, character. He in really the whole is. Group. He is a six foot tall snake man who basically worships like Cthulhu, like <laughs> the Kraken itself. Like he. He, he can make like, tentacles appear from anywhere and just Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. From he got this tome. Away. He got this tome last night when we leveled up, um, that teaches him like three random class cantrips. Like he can, oh, he can choose any indi- different class, and he's like he's talking about getting like so many different things, and I'm just like you bitch. <laughs> like if I'm he over gets here smoking energy, weed. <laughs> if he gets like. Oh man, if I have prestidigitation and he has thoughtomergy, we can do some real crazy ass shit. Especially since I have. All right. You should talk to him because yeah. he's he's thinking about getting like. We'll literally uh, start bending reality. He was talking about just bullshit. doubling up on stuff that people like, and I was like, "Be yourself, man," because he's talking about getting like uh, vicious mockery and like mm. and and. It would be good for him, but. And like thunderclap and shit. So it's just like. 
a lot of it a lot of us already represent that so be yourself yeah. man like go where you want to go with it the thing I, that I, I tried I get to it, the, I, he has never played before so I tried to tell him hey man just read some stuff see the thing that I didn't tell him being a warlock especially with all those powerful buffs to Eldritch Blast yeah man you're essentially just gonna be the Eldritch Blast machine like <laughs> it's a cantrip you're gonna keep using it and it's like becoming your best spell like right off the bat and like I don't know, yeah, like yeah, you can learn something. Like, you can do vicious mockery, I guess, but you're better off just eldritch blasting everything <laughs> with your action. Yes, no, hit him with that young sense. spirit gun. So, and then our, our fantasy D and D sect is, um, it's all governed by get this. I know people are gonna fucking find this hilarious. <laughs> by where am I? <laughs> Where am I as our DM? And let me tell you, there have been some fucking moments. If you've listened to, like, any episode with him, I will recommend Odd Kids some more. We do mushrooms. This is the guy we call God every Tuesday. It is it is fucking hilarious and random and crazy. And uh, He is a cruel and strange God. He is, he is, he is an interesting God. And I will say... um. I'm real proud of him. He's doing a good job. I, I'm having a lot of fun with you guys. Um, we have a lot of people like coming and going, like jumping back and forth. But I think the, uh, the for the most part, it's going to be like a heroes guild. Like people are going to you know come and go, and we're going to see different iterations of it, almost like an X Men task force of sorts. Mm. Um, I know uh, Django Phillips was at one point involved. He was playing a uh, orc elf. Uh, paladin, or a half elf paladin at one point. Yeah, I think point. it was just a half elf paladin. I um, thought he was orc. No, the other species was orc. He was half elf, half orc. I don't know. Th- I don't think he was. Okay. I don't know if he specified that or. Not. No, it was his tragic backstory. It's he. Oh, he was grazed by orcs. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, what he, I, he, I. I didn't yeah. piece that. So, um, but he, uh, he, he, you know, needed to get out for a couple weeks, so he jumped out of the hero's quest. But we're still growing. I know. Um, I know. Once you hop out, Franz McBoohoo is eager to jump in mm-hmm. with some random mass shit that I don't know what he's Can't gonna wait. bring to the table. But it's gonna be some crazy shit. And I implore you, in your new, uh, you know, new lands, to hit up uh, Tom Bombadil. Yeah. Because he will absolutely play with you. What if you start a group? You know, I, you guys are probably even yeah. in the same neighborhood where you're going. Um, I think he said he's. In one that's... It's not near mine, but it's in the same little spot. Sure. Um, but it would, but yeah, he's, still, he's like, literally... Yeah, yeah, he's literally, like, top of my list for um, probably hunters or vampires. Oh, he's trying to do. <laughs> and that brings us to the next the next t- night to talk about. On, uh, on Wednesdays, we do Bloodlines. Van- well, we're actually playing World of Darkness Hunters. Yes. Um, we're calling call it, Bloodlines, it Bloodlines. And it's kind of with the name that's stuck, and I kind of like it because it sounds sick. Um, it does sound sick. And there's a lot of blood. And, you know, there well, might be some things involving like people's bloodlines. It's like supernatural. Essentially, we are hunters, and there are uh, existent in our world, our current world, um, you know, the supernatural elements. We got gods, demons, uh monsters, creatures of the night, uh, so, fae shit, you know, just tons of different 
stuff. Yeah, so it's the World um, of Darkness model. Um, you've got your vampires, werewolves, mages. Um, you know, I, I think of I think of stuff like Hellboy and like Blade a lot. Where I'm just Blade is absolutely accurate. There are Dampier. Um, I'm just saying, so, like and they do, Hellboy, and they in the be, sense yeah. that there are like organizations like there are yeah there are underbellies divisions mm-hmm. like like these um these creatures have subsystems yeah and that's all that i mean by that it's yeah. i don't mean that there's a special agent task force consistent of monsters but there's like a secret them. world beneath ours and, but yeah. there are things yeah. b- things beyond the scope of humans mm-hmm. but it's not just one thing right it's like anything cuz like the first hellboy is about like fiend creatures and like Cthulhu, you know, uh, mm-hmm. eldritch beings. Um, whereas the second one is quite literally about elves. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. Hellboy kind of hits all of the different, uh, you know, fantasies, you know, yeah. both horror and fantasy. Um, but that being said, um, it does also specifically focus on the horror aspect, which is kind of a pain in the ass to do, um, sometimes, but it does make it kind of interesting. So, it makes it compelling for me. I think the um, the stakes are raised higher because uh, Crying Hawaiian is the DM of our Bloodlines um, Hunter the Reckoning shit, and I think it being horror puts us all in the mindset that like really any corner we go, you know, we see any avenue we look down, it can possibly be the end of us. You know, it could it, like it could kill us. Um, I constantly feel threatened. I constantly feel like I have to be on my wits. I have to, you know, our last session was fucking nuts, man. I thought we were going to get our asses handed to us. Um, and in that campaign, it is me, Django Phillips, and Where Am I playing the three hunters. So Where Am I is a character, um, not the DM of that one, and he plays a stubborn asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But he also plays, like, a human, like, brawler type with, um, like, secret powers yet to be unlocked. Um, I play, uh, the tr- like, an almost traumatic, uh, supernatural-esque hunter, you know? It's almost like what happened to, um, Sam and Dean's, like, dad, you know? Like, if we were to do anything comparison-wise, it's like... Yeah, it's, it's almost oh like... God. It's almost like, what was the worst thing that could have happened to him? He loses both his wife and his children, oh, you know? Shit. I'm like an alternate reality um, Winchester daddy. Oh, um, fuck, I didn't even think about it like that. Shit! Oh, totally. No, that's absolutely how I've been thinking about it. But I also named my character Ashley because I wanted to wink-wink at, um... At Evil Dead, but I also named my last, I named my last name a gun. Yeah. Because I wanted to Winchester. Right. Oh, fuck. Do you understand what I'm doing now? Now I do. It's my character looks like Ash from Ash from Evil Dead, but his plot is supernatural. Holy (laughs) shit. So that gives you room to fuck around with me now because you're the DM of my story. But yeah, like, uh, my character is called Ashley Springfield, um, and he's, like, he has a damaged past, but he's just trying to, like, live his retail life, I imagine. Um, and then the last character is Django Phillips, who is playing uh, a priest, uh, more specifically a knight, 
of uh, a certain what are the, what are they called the Knight so, of Saint George? So he's the Knight of he's from the Order of the Knight of Saint George. Yeah, they use the Goetic Gospels uh, to bind demons from the seventy-two books of Solomon uh, to kind of like specifically hunt mages, um, people who use magic. But they'll hunt anything. I mean, because right now we're hunting vampires. Pretty for the spe- most part, his character, um, yeah, has hunted like witches, shovel. Well, like a, the one or two odd magic user, not necessarily like high witch or anything. Someone sure. who got caught, maybe someone who was like a fortune teller, some low level people. So he wasn't like hardcore starting out, and maybe he's like found a shovel head or someone who was newly turned a vampire and didn't know how to hide themselves and ended up getting killed within their first weeks of unlife. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah, that's how many vampires go out. Um, And so he's had experience with neonates and, like, lesser than neonates, shovel heads. Like, people don't know anything. Um, But he's never encountered actual kindred who plot and hide and understand the masquerade absolutely Um, if you're familiar with vampires the masquerade this world of darkness is the universe that vampire this masquerade is set in yeah um and so he's a character that is sort of like if you've seen um deliver us from evil yeah um the priest from that 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 links up with ralph sarchi yeah um that priest has probably dealt with the supernatural before. He's done an exorcism. He's, like, seen crazy shit. And this is just some more shit. But this is, like, the cutting your teeth type shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the veil is fully being pulled back now. Yeah. Um, and I like that. So he's got the most experience, but is still pretty much a baby. Well, he has the most... I would say he has the most knowledge. Yeah, he can fill in the gaps that you guys... Cannot. Cannot, yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of outlets, he has a lot of resources, he has a lot of, like, the physical books. Whereas I would say probably the most able to handle themselves is Where Am I's character. Oh, yeah. Who who very specifically is good at defending himself and getting out of shitty combat situations. Yeah. Um, My character is more of the the story progression i kind of i talk really well to everyone mm. so i kind of push the plot along definitely the face of the party but you're also a really great ranged combatant um, yeah my specialty is guns yeah. so i'm i'm very i'm quite literally like ash never losing his hand and putting a chainsaw but at the same time you know daddy winchester yeah so uh Couple more feats, a couple more over levels in uh, in in melee. You're not going to be anyone to want to get in close combat with either. Oh no! Especially with, if you decide specifically to with my new my yeah. new knife and the feat that came with yeah. it. Like that, that's going to be a damage dealer. Like people don't, aren't um, going to want to dance with you. That, and you know, I'll be able to hold my own. But uh, it's pretty spef- specifically like we we covered the Triforce. You know, like we have mm. someone who knows the dark side, and and you know brings us knowledge on how we need to advance in certain situations. We have someone who can pretty much tank Mm -hmm. any situation. And then we have someone who can just kind of progress the story and like be the, be the player's eyes and ears and mouth, like very literally, uh, figure out where things are going. Um, Whereas the other two guys are more situational for what we encounter with where we're going. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's not self-important, 
Um, we all very easily share the spotlight. I'm just saying my character is probably the most balanced. You've all got your own little subplots and but plot we also lines all that, have like, our own little, that like uh, all intertwine. And, and, yeah, yeah, and it's like spoilers. Oh, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, we're, I'm sure it's going to come up on the podcast again. We like to talk about it. Um, I get asked at work how D and D is going <laughs> by 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 people who are not involved, and I usually give them like the highlights of the night. Uh-huh. There there are two people who specifically ask me how D and D Tuesday went. It's not that they're interested in joining; it's that they know the people who are playing and they think it's funny. <laughs> To hear about how things go down. Who, who, who does what? <laughs> yeah, who does what and how fucked up it is. Um, which is, well, you know, it's fun. And the fact that all these people I'm talking about have been on the podcast just kind of gives you an idea of what type of room I'm sitting in when <laughs> when it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday and, and we're either playing uh, like D&D or uh, Hunter. And it's just some... It's fun shit. And I've never done anything like it and it's so much fun. I... I strongly recommend people picking up um, either tabletop gaming nights where you play like longer story based games like Betrayal or Clank or even Catan to like a to yeah. certain extent um, if but, you, you got know, people around you you know but shout if you out have Roll friends 20. that are that can handle that short term shit mm-hmm. genuinely pursue like D&D or longer turn based things I know that there are easier entryways now both with uh uh, Revnica and um, the Stranger Things one that just came out too. And Vampires version five coming up, just came out. <laughs> that shit's clean. I'm just saying for like newbies, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to hop into. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I have the knowledge to do my own campaign, but I can absolutely probably run a pretty short like six episode, like D and D thing, like a dungeon, you know. Like, I have a ton of ideas for mm-hmm. shit. And I was just like, you know, I'm like, I'm brainstorming of, yeah. r- of writing shit and planning stuff out for a one shot at some point. I wish I had done it sooner. You should, man. Yeah, we should have pulled the trigger sure. quicker, but it's, it, uh, it no, honestly. I mean, like, years sooner in my life. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I did. I, I played in three other groups and they all just kind of fell apart and disbanded somewhere around like six weeks. And I think we're at our like sixth or seventh in, in both of them. Really? I think. Haven't we been around for like six or seven sessions? Yeah. With, wow. with where am I? I think it was like the sixth or seventh last night. Oh my god, yeah. And, and then mine with, would be and like then yours su- is like one or two behind. It's yeah. like it's at this point five or six. Yeah. Um, so it's tough to find commitment, and we mm-hmm. we all have really been working with each other to make days work. Yeah. So like, I get it. It is hard to get people together sometimes on the same night on the mm-hmm. same schedule, but it is absolutely possible. If I could get five assholes in a room together um, who all work different shifts and jobs, yeah. then, like, fucking anyone can do it. Like, if I can fucking do it, anyone can and do it. And it all comes down to, honestly, you got to find people who... If you don't want to do it, it's fine. If you're just interested and you kind of want to check it out, that's fine. Don't feel pressured to do it, because literally what you're doing 
is creating us writing a story with a bunch of yeah. other people. You're you are and it you takes are time playing and it a takes video commitment. game on a table with with all the people in the room. Right, and so like, it takes time and commitment to each other. If you like, you got to find a day to do it. You also if need you, one you really good go getter if you want to. Yeah, exactly. You also just need one go getter. Someone to like really literally tie it everyone and pull else. It everyone else could never have done anything before. And as long as you have one person who just knows what they're doing, you'll have a good time. Because yeah. that person needs to be the DM, and they need to explain things to how yeah. to the people on how things work. Mm-hmm. If you have an enthusiastic and knowledgeable DM, you will have a good time. And I and I can say that because the DM I had for my first like three quests uh-huh. mainly didn't know what they were doing. That's so like that's why they fall apart, you know, yeah. because just no one is compelled, no one cares. Yeah. It's just something we're doing. To pass the time. Whereas, I am invested yeah. in both your story and Where Am I's story. Like, both Crying Hawaiian and Where Am I are good storytellers, so their campaigns feel so much more compelling to be a part of. When you don't have a knowledgeable and skilled DM, the situation falls apart. They need to be the yeah. the bond that holds everyone together. If the if if the people are uninterested, there's only one person in the room to blame, and that's the DM. Absolutely. If the people are not having fun, there's only one person into room in the room to blame, and it's the DM. Now that being said, the DM also has the most power over the room. So as long as you give the people what they want and you pace things. You should have a good time. You should have a good time. Anyone can pick up Pathfinder. You don't need figures. You don't need to build stuff on the table. Do theater of the mind. Literally just... Just, like, you know, use reference points or get, like, a little... Get a piece of paper. You know, like, there's... You don't need a ton of shit other than dice, pencils, and paper to do it. And... It's mind blowing that this is not like a bigger thing, and it's it's one of those things where I just like look at like high school, like this should have happened. Yeah, because I, we didn't Little, have responsibilities or schedules. Exactly. Like, you know, why am I getting into this when I'm 26? Next week, turning 27. You know, it's yeah. like why am I getting into this when I'm almost getting into my 30s? Like this is this is fucking stupid. Well, for me, it was like. I didn't really know a lot of people. People I didn't know kind of sucked. Sure. And it is absolutely like, an, an animal of uh, of atmosphere and context. Yeah. And then like fucking depression set in, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll just not know anyone <laughs> and stop doing things." <laughs> um, that explains young adulthood just like so fucking well. Yeah. Eventually, you go to a doctor, and they're like, here, take this every day. <laughs> Dude, and we're not doing the mental health episode. <laughs> this is not the mental health episode? We're not doing the mental health stories. <laughs> well, we'll do some spooky stories. Oh, we'll do the mental health stories at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's going to be madness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably even just save it for your next episode, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, we're actually... And I'm, I, I was kind of... Um, bringing us there with the D&D conversation is, uh, the story we're reading today is about high school. And I think, like... Wait, what? 
Texas school lockdown. Oh, right. Yes. And I think, like, the concept of having a close network of friends is super important, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. And you saying that, like, you didn't know, like, a ton of good dudes to play D&D with, like, that makes me feel ashamed because I, like... We weren't playing D&D when I was younger, but we were playing Epic Duels, we were playing Lord of the Rings, we were oh. playing Betrayal, like, we were we were playing tons of, tons of shit. Um, Pokemon fucking Master Trainer. We have been playing board games for so goddamn long in, in my friends group that it used to be, like, a night of the week that everyone would get together and play board games. <laughs> so it's just, like, I have always been a so nerd surrounded by... exactly is why I'm mad now because it's just like I didn't meet you until way too late in high school yeah I was like literally senior year last semester so it's just like shit yeah and um and at that point the people it absolutely was mythology class I was like last fucking semester senior year (laughs) I was like who is this guy he's great so (laughs) Have you been here the whole time? <laughs> you have you seriously been going to my school all of and these then years? And the this craziest thing is, like, where am I and, and me? We went to the same high school. I didn't know he even existed until <laughs> we started fucking playing games together. But we yeah. went to the, the same high school for four fucking years. You didn't even know that he went to school with us? No. Oh, dude, he, he moved Still, in. sometimes we're mad fucking high, and I'll ask him, like, Yo, where'd you go to high school? He's like... Oh, well, fuck. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. There are only so many people I've introduced on the show who didn't, like, who I didn't know when I was, like, a little kid. And I think, like, um, I mean, that's also, that's what makes the show more special to me is that I've known a lot of these people since I was, like, maybe even single digits. And I think it's funny that, like, 20 fucking years later, we're bitching on a couch about spooky stories and smoking weed. I just think that's, like, like I'm going to be 50, I'm going to look back on this, and I'm going to be like, that was some funny-ass shit. <laughs> I don't know why I sound like I'm 70 when I'm 50, but maybe the drugs would make sense. So, I think um, high school was a turbulent fucking time, and I know we have younger listeners, so it has to be a... You know, it's apparently still a rough thing to go through, um, if not worse now than when I was in school. I was lucky. I had a. I would argue yes. It's worse now. I would argue it's worse now. I think the education system, security, overall management of schools has probably gone down, like way down in the the last ten years. I'm not no view into besides my brother, and I don't know. so So I have no idea. I have a lot of younger siblings. I'm not, like, basing it off of them. I'm more basing it off of, like, what I hear. Like, people don't learn things the same way anymore. Like, math is being all changed. Um, Curriculums are being expunged, you know. Art doesn't really have a representation anymore, and athleticism is being given, like, so much more of a free weight. Uh, A lot of... um, a lot of after-school programs are being shut down. A lot what? of um, dude, school shootings. Well, yeah, those I mean, those, those are fucking, we had yeah. bomb threats. Like we had, we had pussies. I remember that day. Now I'm not. Now I grew up when um, 
what's the most popular school shooting? The <laughs> what was the hip thing back then? I think Columbine. Columbine. That was the word. I that's was such a for. weird fuck. That's something you can only say in this kind. Like, what was the school shooting? But what was the popular one back then? What was the one everyone was like scared? No, happen? the um, the Virginia Tech one. Vir- was like, so Virginia Tech yeah. happened when we were in high school, and that did Fox. freak See, a lot of fucking people out. The fact that there was confusion about which shooting was that. No, but says I a whole lot. I was told a lot about Columbine as a kid. Yeah, and I think that started it. But now. It's like every other month in the fucking paper. Like, people are just assholes now, and schools aren't being taught the same way, and kids aren't being taught the same way. There's too much weird shit in the media that's, like, fucking around with everyone's indexes of reality, and I think, like... That's how I feel, yeah. Like, that's my political stance, is, like, shit's kind of fucked up now, and I wish things would... I wish things would be taught the way, you know, we learned them. Like, I just think it was more simple and it was easier to understand. Mm. Um, and I think things were just a little bit more straightforward. So there's a lot of ambiguity now and a lot of people who are putting the wrong answers forward and not listening to what people have to say. Yeah. And um, I think the educational system is, like, one of the most important things in our fucking country and we do not give it as much attention as we do like media or sports or acting or the, even the entertainment industry like which I would love to be a part of like and I am a part of with this podcast like there are people who do podcasts for a living that get paid more than teachers do that's fucking stupid because they are crafting our, the world of our future and we are sitting on a couch smoking weed like I, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, my school experience could have been better. I can, I can fucking pinpoint the times when things were done wrong and should have been done better. Like the fact that our school didn't have a drama department and like, as soon as I left, it pretty much dissolved. It was something like me and a bunch of people worked to get instituted over the course of like four years and we finally got it started and now it's like already dead in the water. Same with Video Club, like AV. Yeah, didn't you guys win prizes and shit? And we, we got money, man. We got paid. We were successful. Yeah. And that's why I'm pissed. And they like let that shit crumble. They let that shit die. And they pushed a new AstroTurf onto their fucking stadium. You know, like that's that's what I'm saying. So, there are just things that were more valued back then that I think kids were easy, more susceptible to, and I think it makes the learning experience better. Well, I think the difference between now and then, one yeah. big thing is social media. Like, a lot of creative kids and social media will instead will fuck. go there. It will fuck you. Instead of, like, collectivizing to do something in their school. But that's, like, almost... I mean, you've had a lot of people make it a lot further that way than they've had, I don't know... You just reminded me of one of the most heartbreaking tidbits I just heard the other day. There are more kids who put down they want to be a YouTube star on their what do you want to be when you grow up than astronaut. I mean, think about what it takes to be an astronaut. I know, but think about how fucking monumental and important a job like that is. Yeah, but to someone, like, I don't know. First of all, you have to go to the military. Striving for your dreams, like, for your success. It's another just for doing another something dream, that is beyond that, humanity. 
And then there's a guy who wants to sit on YouTube and talk about video games. Literally, being an astronaut (laughs) isn't for everyone. Like no, and especially think, not for me. I don't, and especially not for many people who want to be YouTube. Stars. I'm just saying that. So used I kind of feel like thing. they're asking the wrong demographic. I'm just saying, when we grew up, kids wanted to be like big things. They wanted to be not just culturally important. Now there's like a stigmatism where if you're not culturally important, you're not important in general. I don't think so. I just think that's an unfair question to ask kids because some kids. <laughs> of course, it's an unfair question. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing professions. I'm arguing. But there are a lot of kids with a lot of bigger dreams, and there's some kids <laughs> with dreams that they understand from watching their parents struggle through the recession are much more attainable than going into space. I mean, there's some kids who know that they're fucking bad at math and know that they have <laughs> asthma and know that they have glasses oh, and can't get into the Air Force and therefore won't ever get into that fucking astronaut. My, NASA. Believe me, man. Yeah, so I mean, it's like... My answer on that sheet has always been actor. Same thing. I have literally always... At, at first, I actually think it was a comedian or an animator. Uh-huh. It was always shit that had to deal with the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I'm not being a pariah right now. I'm just saying the world has but, has changed. <laughs> but see, you years wanted to be an actor, right? Correct. We also didn't, like, what influenced us to want to be in the inter- entertainment industry wasn't the way media is now. What influenced us were movies. Correct. Television shows and funny people, funny comedians, funny stand-up comedians. Yes. What influences younger generations now are hilarious YouTube stars who don't have to, like, these people you can just find on the internet. They're not someone you have to go see at a comedy club, or maybe they might get photoed somewhere. And for these that, people, I say there's a difference of value, which well, is making I think things it, I trashier. Think it, I, don't, I think it brings it, it does bring it down more so there are more mediocre people, but it also does I feel like give people make people feel like all right it gives people I can at a least platform. As, like yeah not only does it give people a platform but it makes them feel like I can aspire to do something like that. Like I could see myself doing that. Honestly I was like, thinking about that. Casey Frey and like uh some other people who are like TikTok like people and shit like that and Vine stars and shit like that and uh, there's nothing like it's like you hit it's like literally hit or miss. It really is. And it seems way more hit or miss. I guess they never miss, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Like you just <laughs> I know that was the joke though. Yeah. But I but I wanted to say like I wanted to agree yeah. with you. I wanted to say just now like holy shit if Markiplier were in a movie, I would see the shit out of that movie. You know? Like if he was like he has the chops of mm-hmm. what it takes to be like a good actor. And I don't I, know who that is to be honest. He's a video game let's player, but he okay. is he's both funny uh, attractive and kind, mm-hmm. and those are like, I'm looking at a picture of Captain America right now, and that's like Chris Evans in my mind. So it's like absolutely. Um, Do you ever sometimes think about all the trauma Chris Evans had to go through? Absolutely. This dude had to wear fucking <laughs> cool whip on his butt and his crotch. He had to put a banana on his butt cheeks and then and walked out like a like, like waddle out. Definitely objectified <laughs> or like and then on we're the gonna sexually objectify you, you but on like the, but we're gonna Keanu also make Reeves, you the most who whole, like wholesome superhero his life has been so fucking sad but <laughs> he is still such a kind nice and fun person so it's just like you know 
It's wild about it. I'm him. just saying the world, man. Yeah. And I think what That's makes the this thing, I think story... things have always, kind of always been bad. I agree. <laughs> and like, this story is no fucking different. Yeah. I think, like, so school... Not kind, it's just been bad. Schools, I'd say first, a school's purpose in life mm-hmm. for children, it's, it's first and foremost purpose is to protect them. And I think that, like... Wait, first and foremost purpose? I would say so, yeah. I would say it's to teach them. But protecting someone is a form of teaching them. I'm saying, like, from the world. We we go through history class because we're being protected from the past. We're being told okay, that I things need... That. That, that we can't keep repeating the same mistakes throughout time and history. Like, you know, we're being... We're being guided, you know, by a literal teacher, someone taller, who okay. literally oversees the group and guides them. It is sense. a very shepherd, was, yeah. shepherd to sheep, is what I mean. Okay. Not like bulletproof vest, but that is what I am getting at. I'm I wanted to choose a PVP zone. School is a PvP zone. And let me tell you, I have the power of God and anime on my side. So let me just say, this fucking story sounds goddamn haunting. And you yeah. and you even, like, we planned on doing something completely different tonight, and we scroll past this story, and he immediately just goes, that sounds wicked. It and sounds just, haunted. It sounds terrible. It sounds like true terror. <laughs> And that's kind of why we're going to read it. <laughs> I, like, I... The minute it stood out to you, I was like, okay. That's the flag right there. Okay. I'll start. So, uh, this story, the story that we're going to be reading uh, today on episode 137 uh, with Crying Hawaiian is going to be called My Best Friend Texted Me During a School Lockdown. And this is from uh, Reddit No Sleep. This last May, my high school had a lockdown. I was homesick at the time, so my knowledge of events that happened that day came mostly from what I heard through administrators and classmates after the incident, and the text messages I received during it. The administrators haven't disclosed much about the situation, which is only making the rumors surrounding this worse. After months of trying to make sense of all this, I'm just tired and confused. Maybe someone out there reading this can finally help me. I'll try to provide as much background information as I can in order for this to make sense. I'd been texting my best friend Andrew all day while vegging out on my bed watching watching Netflix. He first texted me about the lockdown at 11.27, which means he would have been in his fourth hour Spanish class. Being that the seniors had just graduated, his class was quite small, only six students besides him in it. Below were some of the texts we sent to each other that day, starting at 11.27. L stands for my name, Lindsay. And A stands for Andrew. Dude, holy shit. Lindsay. Reply, Lindsay. What? The school just went into lockdown. Like a drill? Or what? I think it's for real. Fuck. The PA came on during class and said, Students and administrators, please go into level 3 lockdown procedure. This is not a drill. Like, everyone is in the corner. Wait, level 3? Doesn't that mean someone's in the building? Shit, man, I'm shaking now. School better not be fucking with you all. It's so quiet now. 
There isn't a sound in the entire building. This doesn't seem like they're faking us out. I just told my mom. She hasn't heard anything about it yet. Wait. I can hear someone walking down the hallway. That's probably the office people coming to let us out. What if it isn't? Seriously, stop, Lindsay. You asshole. Sorry. You probably have nothing to worry about, though, man. I can hear them going down the hallway, turning all the door handles. Yeah, that's what they do during a drill. Just make sure the teacher's locked all of them. They are talking. Yeah, then it's definitely the administrators. No. It doesn't make any sense. It's all gibberish. I don't even think it's English. What the hell? Drew, you guys okay? Your door is locked and the lights are off, right? Have they gone into any other classrooms? Andrew? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Hello? My mom isn't answering me. Someone next to me is crying. He's outside my classroom. Don't make a sound, okay? Andrew? Did he leave? Hello? Andrew? Uh, all caps. Andrew, hello! All caps are off. Please text me back. Andrew. Question mark. <laughs> Important. <laughs> he never responded. From what I've been told, the school eventually came out of lockdown mode. When they went around to each classroom to check in, Andrew's classroom door was still locked. They called out to the people inside and received no response back. The firefighters eventually knocked, out, knocked the door down. When they got in, there was nobody inside. The whole classroom was empty. Officials have offered no explanation as to where they are or what happened. I guess most people in town eventually moved on, shifted their attention elsewhere. Seems as though no one even cares anymore. But I still do. I need answers. I need to find my best friend. So it's not even like a school shooter. It's some crazy supernatural this shit. This is someone becoming a hunter. Oh shit. Yeah. That's relevant. <laughs> Alright, part two. As some of you may know already, my recent update was removed by a moderator, so for those of you who haven't read it already, below is the original update I posted yesterday night. If you haven't... So I'm just gonna cut that out. Let's start here. Before I begin my update, I would like to thank everyone here on No Sleep. You've all been so helpful. Some of you asked where I live or what high school this happened at. I live in Michigan, but I decided not to share my specific location for privacy reasons. Being a high school age girl, teehee, I hope you all can understand. For the first time in a while, I feel as though there may be a chance to find them. Nobody here really seems to care anymore. Most people I speak to about it, like it's some kind of trending hashtag that died months ago. Yeah, it's really sad what happened to those kids. My prayers are with their families. No one is asking questions, not even the parents. It seems as though everyone just kind of accepted that they're gone and they're not coming back. I went to Andrew's house for the first time since he disappeared. Although it seems unlikely, I figured looking through his bedroom might give me some sign as to what happened. And when I arrived, his mother opened the door. She looked so tired. I spoke with her for a little while, but she seemed too out of it to be of any assistance. I felt terrible for her, but I can't imagine what she must be going through right now. 
After Andrew's father passed away, Andrew was all she had left, and seeing her only reinforced how much I needed to find him. After some polite conversation, I asked her if it would be alright to stay up in his room for a minute. I was going to say, and then in the impolite conversation, I told her to take a fucking shower because she smells like death. <laughs> Understandingly, she guided me towards the upstairs bedroom as if I didn't remember where it was. I began my searching by scanning his room, looking for anything that caught my eye. His bedspread was crumpled and slept in. His mother must have been sleeping in here. I noticed a royal blue sh spiral notebook tucked just under his bed frame, and I had seen him writing in this before, but never really thought too much about what exactly he was putting in it. I felt guilty opening it, but I knew I had to. Each page had a date written at the top, and after reading some, I realized this was his journal. Before his mother could get suspicious, I stashed the notebook in my bag, said a quick goodbye, and made my way out the front door. When I got home from work, I began reading through the entries. Most of the pages were regular diary-type accounts of each day, each entry a full page or two long, lots of them mentioned me. Towards the end, however, they got increasingly darker and creepier, and the first entry that raised alarms for me was dated two weeks before the lockdown. Most of the passage was unconcerning, but this section stuck out to me. Ever since my mom started working late, I've been getting more and more paranoid. I hate spending so much time alone in this house at night. I was FaceTiming Hannah earlier today, and she asked me who was outside my window. I thought she was screwing with me because Hannah always does shit like that to me, but she insisted she saw someone in my backyard. If she wasn't fucking around, I really hope it was just the kid who lives next door and his friends messing around with each other, because I can't even think about the possibility it was someone else. It freaks me out too much. Part of the next day's entry is equally as creepy, if not more. Mom is working late again. I'm loving the fact that she's let me order pizza every day this week. Damn, I'm gonna be so fat by the time school ends. So much for a summer body. Speaking of mom working late, I can't stop thinking about what Hannah said. Now that I'm alone again. When I'm really quiet, I think I can hear faint whispers behind the window. <laughs> That's a fuck no situation. Yeah. Turn the volume on your TV up louder and pretend it didn't happen. Fuck that, no. That's when you go to your window with the wood axe and you're like, what's good? <laughs> what's cooking? Oh, I really need to stop. I'm way overthinking this. Might go FaceTime Lynn so I don't feel so alone. I wish I had more to update you guys on, but my summer job is eating away all my free time. This journal is quite long and it's taken me hours of reading to get where I am now. Tomorrow I'll try to read the rest of the journal and transcribe anything of importance in my next update. After being suggested to me that I should look into the history of the school, I've planned to start researching it tomorrow at my local library. The building is quite old, so this may be promising. Again, thank you all so much for your help and support. Curiouser and curiouser. Today's update. I apologize to all of you who have become invested in this story, but I wasn't able to look through the journal or research the school's history as promised. A lot has happened in the last few hours. I uploaded this story here on No Sleep because I was hoping for some degree of anonymity. 
looking back, including my first name and state, probably wasn't a good idea, but I never thought it would escalate to this point. But I guess it's too late now. Earlier this afternoon, I just got home after being dropped off by a co-worker. Both of the parents were at work, so I grabbed a quick lunch to eat before heading to the library. Before I could finish, I heard someone opening my garage door. At first, I just assumed it was my mom or my dad stopping by during their lunch hour, but then I heard a male voice I didn't recognize. At first, I just froze. Every possible scenario and every explanation came to mind, but none of them were plausible. Maybe it was a painter, as my mom is currently renovating parts of our house. But that didn't explain why they were here when my parents weren't, or how they got in. Heavy footsteps sounded out from the main living room. Before I even knew what I was doing, I turned off my light and hid in the cupboard under the bathroom sink. Although I am a small girl, <laughs> tee -hee, I'm honestly still surprised I managed to shove myself in there. It just seemed like the safest place to hide at the time. The rest seemed to go by in a slow, surreal blur. I heard the footsteps make their way through my parents' bedroom and then mine. The footsteps seemed only a few yards away from me. I heard the intruder open my closet door and go through all the drawers, pulling stuff out. He then moved towards my wooden desk, making his way through each of the drawers. I heard him searching through every inch of my bedroom, praying that he wouldn't enter the bathroom. I could see through a crack in the cupboard I saw him, standing next to my bed, tearing through my nightstand. He was wearing dark wash jeans and a dark blue, almost black hoodie pulled over his head. Maybe I breathed too loud or something, but the man snapped his head towards the bathroom and towards me. I buried my head in my knees as I was sure I was going to die, and his footsteps entered the bathroom. He just stood there for what felt like ages. I must have started crying at some point because my knees were soaked with hashtag tear stains. <laughs> I'm going to say it was piss. Mm. Eventually, he walked back out and made his way back out through the garage door. I honestly don't know if he realized I was there or not. I'm just grateful I'm still alive. When I finally heard my dad come home, I got out of the cupboard and looked at the aftermath, and my bedroom was in a wreck. It looked like a police raid took the place, and unsurprisingly, Andrew's journal is gone from my nightstand drawer. We called 911 and we've been speaking with the police until a few hours ago. I'll try to keep you guys updated, but I may not. But I may have to take a day or two off after what just happened. You guys have been so helpful and I appreciate it more than I can say. Thank you so much. Part 3 July 20th update. <laughs> July 20th, 1974. <laughs> After the break-in, I was an emotional wreck. I spent most of the day, uh, I spent most of the day after laying in bed watching TV. I don't even remember what I watched. I was so engrossed in my thoughts that any stimuli around me went in one ear out the other. After having someone in your home, in your bedroom, it takes an emotional toll on you that most people don't seem to realize. Someone was in my room, one of the places I felt safest. They picked up my personal things and just tossed them to the floor. It felt like a gross invasion of my life. Whoever it was had gotten a glimpse of my private life that I had never consented to. 
Most of the day went by in a blur. Officer after officer came by questioning me as I lay in bed. <laughs> officer yes, after officer. <laughs> yes, officer. I'm just a 17-year-old girl. Um, Question me. Ask me the picture. Ask, uh, ask me about the diary. Um. <laughs> My day went by in a blur. Officer after officer questioning me. As I lay in bed the next day. The next day, no longer with surrounded by five policemen. I could feel myself heading into a deep depression. The only lead I had on finding Andrew, gone. It all seemed so hopeless. Whatever was happening here was obviously much bigger than I could handle. I sat in bed for a while, thinking, each thought darker and sadder than the last. Then... I shot up to a sitting position. I finally realized how I could find Andrew. I ran out of my bed, grabbed my laptop. My fingers were trembling so hard I could barely type. I logged in, clicked on the Safari browser icon. I typed iCloud.com. <laughs> Into the search bar. Into the search bar. I love these terrible details of things <laughs> happening. Like, oh, word, it was into the search bar? I feel like each of it is just like, it's the, the movie in my head is just like, <laughs> and then it asks for the Apple ID and password, you know? Like, it, it literally says, it asks for the Apple ID and password. I tried to distract, distract myself from the idea that he might have changed his password since I last used it. I needed this to work. It was all I had. I was sweating as I entered the information and pressed enter. The circular loading icon seemed to go on forever, for far longer than I could stand. But finally, I'm I in. was in. <laughs> I'm in. I clicked the green and white find iPhone icon. A small green dot appeared. I gotta tell you, apparently that's um. <laughs> Apparently, I think the the New Zealanders who commented on our on our page did that joke. <laughs> they, I think they did the keys, keys, keys. I'm in. It's just so perfect. Oh, it's a good joke. Duh. Shout out to New Zealand. Um, what is that? Okay, a small green dot appeared, representing Drew's phone. His phone was long dead, but iCloud had saved its location before it powered down. It was in a huge... I think that's great. That's how I found my fucking iPod when I lost it. Really? To find my iPod app. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. It was in a huge, dense forest one town over. I that's, zoomed in on the location. Yeah. And saw an aerial view of a huge rundown building deep in the woods. It's Uncle Jerry's. <laughs> they all went to Uncle Jerry's fun time fun zone. Someone tried to oh. use a find their iPhone and it told them they were like sitting at this bench. It was at this bench that me and all my friends were sitting at, even though we had literally just sat there. And it was just like we were already in mid conversation deep into some other stuff. And, and someone comes up and says, Shave me my phone. And we were just like, it was a very awkward situation for everyone. Yeah, and it ended up with him taking the garbage can and like unturning it and like looking for his phone <laughs> in the garbage. The like, look at your trash for his phone and us just trying to awkwardly continue our conversation. I would have gotten up and left. We felt like we shouldn't leave. 
like, because he's going to feel like, oh, well, they took it with them or something like that. I'm just like, <laughs> but and then also, the phone, we were but also. But then it would track your movement. True, but then also. The phone's walking away. We felt like we got no reason. To, like, fuck you. Oh, we absolutely. don't have any, like, like we're not going anywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but it was just a very. But hey. I'd find my iPhone be leading some motherfuckers into their death like old girl over here <laughs> um, as I type this I realize how stupid of a decision this is but I have to go I can't stand by idly while Andrew is trapped in there July 20th 8.52pm I want to say uh, 20.52 <laughs> <laughs> Military time. 2052. As I type, as I type this. <laughs> as I type I just like that it's like an update. It's like, <laughs> I'm in the woods. <laughs> like, I feel the need to update Reddit no sleep on the fact that I am now in the woods. She basically goes into Reddit and she's like, we out here armor smoking big noits. <laughs> smoking big doinks. Fat noits oh. out here in forest. Oh, here in Amish. Big boinks out here in Amish. <laughs> Rest in peace. R.I.P. Big man. As I type this, I'm standing in the edge of the forest. Although it's getting dark, I can see the building about a hundred yards away from where I am now. It looks run down and old, like it was built at least a hundred years ago. Fuck that. <laughs> um, oh, girl. Mm, There's some vampires in there. <laughs> or something. Like, she, uh, mm, <laughs> like Jerry. <laughs> from what I can make of it. It looks like an abandoned church. Fucking hell. Abandoned church, man. That's not right. Oh, dude, read the sign. (laughs) There's a faded sign in front of the doors that said, First Church of the Portent of God. You might need to say that louder. (laughs) First Church of the Portent of God. I don't think it's important, though, because I'm a dumb bitch. This place (laughs) looks like it hasn't been in service for decades. There aren't any cars that I can see, or any sign of anyone else being here. Maybe I got lucky coming here so late. I'll update you guys when I come out. Jolly good. <laughs> uh, July 20th, 11.09pm. 23.09. July. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. I was wrong. There are people here. So many people. How did I not realize? I recognize so many of them. Why did I have to move to this town? They found me before I even got in the building. I don't know what they're doing here. I'm typing this all right now. (laughs) Or why they have those kids. They closed me in an office of some kind. God, this place is so huge. I don't think I can find my way out of here. I saw the teacher. I saw Drew's mom. She didn't help me. She just watched. Like the others. What kind of church is this? They have yet to take away my phone. I don't think they even care. July 25th. No timing. Before I complete my final post, I would like to apologize for how long it's taken me to post an update for you guys. So, so many wonderful things have happened these past few days, and you deserve to know about them. I finally got the answers I've been searching for. I finally understand everything. I spent the last few days here at the compound, that's what they call it. The churches, it's truly beautiful. I don't understand why I was so scared before. I honestly wish I was inducted earlier. 
I now understand why the children had to go. It was a necessary and honorable sacrifice on their part, and we commend them for it. They said I could leave if I want to, but I don't think I want to anymore. God bless. <laughs> uh, turned over to the light of Jeebus real, real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, conditioning, they call it. Radical conditioning. Or um, um, Stockholm Syndrome. Radical conditioning. I think that's what you... Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, a, like mind control. Yeah, you mean she wasn't, like trauma. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. It is probably kind of traumatizing to see. Yeah, maybe she figured it was the only way out, but that also gave like fuel to the fire. Yeah, you know, go with the flow or go with the flow and then see them get put yeah. in the ground. Yeah, she um, had a low willpower stat. This is a yeah. She her constitution was low. Um, uh, this is gonna be the last part, the final part of the text school lockdown. I'm writing this right now, girl. <laughs> I just, I feel like I have to say that because the quality just <laughs> is not good. <laughs> it wavered. It. No, I'm a sucker for a Literally, just the way it's. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't mind the story. I'm saying the way it's being written. It's yeah. always been a rambling. Like, like I am typing this right now, and this is the story. Yeah. And I pressed enter, and this is the post button. It is like the text equivalent of the quick cam movement. <laughs> the handy cam. Yeah. That just kind of shakes. Look, yeah. Um, we don't have a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Part four. I do realize my last post left a lot of unanswered questions for you all, and I apologize for that. I haven't had access to internet in quite a long while. I have to be honest, I'm not exactly sure how to explain everything that's happened. I'm still not sure if I feel safe enough to post this. Regardless of whether or not I post it, I think just writing it out will help me feel more sane. Before I update you guys on my current situation, I'll explain what happened at that building. After writing my 8.52pm update, I advanced towards the front doors. As I was walking, I pulled Drew's phone location up on my cell. It was only a couple hundred yards away from me. I tried to get as close as possible to it without actually entering the building. I paced along the outside of the building, trying to shrink the distance between our two dots on the map, and before I got far, a bright light overwhelmed my vision. The source of the light got closer as I stared, trying to see beyond it. What are you doing out here, young lady? I recognize the voice as one of the local policemen, offer Officer Pascal. Before I could think of any cover story, he grabbed me by the upper arm and walked me towards the front of the building. I figured he thought I was just some teenager going into abandoned buildings for an adrenaline rush, and I was going to let him think that. I didn't trust the police in my town much anymore, and I didn't want him thinking I was up to anything suspicious. When we made it around front, I didn't see any police car. Confused, I looked up at him, and he looked back. He tightened his grip. Instead of walking towards the dirt driveway, he shoved me towards the front door. After entering the doorway, I was taken aback. Despite the rotting, disheveled outside, the inside, albeit old, was in perfect working condition. The officer turned on the lights and started walking me down a long hallway. Above each doorway was an ornate silver and wood crucifix. From what I could tell, I was in the back offices of the church. We approached an open doorway. When I passed by, I peered inside, and in the center of the room there was a long wooden table. 
Seated around the table were maybe 50 adults, most of them I recognized. I saw a lot of parents, including Drew's mom. My legs went weak and Pascal yanked me up, and away from the door, he brought me into a room near the end of the hall. It was bare, almost an empty office with paperwork strewn across the surface of his desk. He walked out of the room, locking the door from the outside. They kept me locked in there for hours. And that's when I wrote my 11.09 p.m. update. While I was locked in there, I read through the paperwork. Most of it was unimportant or made no sense to me in the slightest. There were tons of printed pages filled with Bible quotes highlighted and underlined. Most of them looked old, like they were printed with a typewriter. I found a stack of old paper advertisements from the 60s. From what I remember, it said something like this on each of them. Come hear the word of God. Listen to Pastor Evans at the First Church of the Portent of God. God has spoken. Will you listen? Open your eyes to his prophecy. Sunday, March 20th, 1966. A little after 2am, Pascal opened the office door. He walked towards me, treading over all the files and paperwork I'd laid out. He once again grabbed my arm and led me out of the room. Standing in a hall near the doorway were three other men. I recognized one of them as a local town official. Pascal pulled me further down the hallway, the other men walking in tow. He led me around the corner, and at first I just screamed at them. I insisted to know what was happening, what they were going to do to me, but my yelling was easily ignored. One of them even cracked a smile. Then I started begging. I told them I would pay them, that I wouldn't tell anyone, that I'm sorry for giving them trouble. Again, my words fell on deaf ears. Pascal stopped in front of a nondescript wooden door, the only thing that, uh, in front of a, the only thing that made it stand out from the surrounding doorways was the unsettling lack of a crucifix above the doorframe. One of the men opened the door and held it open. Pascal tried to bring me towards it, but I lost all motor skills when I looked into the room. Most of the room was unlit darkness, but the hallway lighting displayed a wooden staircase leading down to a dirt floor. It smelled like human waste and dirt. In my shock, I had failed to acknowledge Pascal's multiple attempts at prodding me down the first step. He said under his breath, whatever, and pushed me down the stairs. Oh, shit. My chin and hands slammed against the steps below me. I skidded down, desperately trying to find something to stop myself before I came to a stop at the dirt floor. I could taste blood in my mouth. I raised my hand to see complete darkness. The door was closed. Instinctively, I reached for my phone to use as a light, but came up empty. Pascal must have taken it, or... I dropped it during my struggle outside the building. I crawled backwards until I hit a wall. I reached my hands out on the floor to feel my surroundings. My left hand caught on something cold and thin, and I felt around it, trying to identify what it was. It then pulled out from under my hands, and I realized that it was a hand. In all my life, I don't think I've screamed harder than I did in that moment. But I was quickly shushed by a desperate, scared voice whispering, What the hell are you doing? I froze. 
The voice sounded young, like she was my age. Who is this? Who are you? I asked. She identified herself as Carmen. She was in my grade and was one of the kids taken from the classroom. We shared what information we had about the situation with each other, and she explained to me that after the school went into lockdown, the class hid. After a long while, she heard people walking down the halls. She heard them check each door, see if they were locked, then came to her door. She said that a man spoke something strange that she didn't understand, but her teacher got up and unlocked the door for them. It was a large group of people, most of them at least in their middle ages. She said that the school principal was among them, along with a few cops in uniform. They told the students that they were evacuating the building. They followed along with the adults as they were walked out the rear entrance of the school. She knew something was off when they just stopped outside the doors. She thought they should be trying to make as much possible distance between them and the school. A few of the kids asked what was going on, but they were brushed off telling them things like, all the facts aren't in yet, or we'll let you know as soon as we can. A school bus pulled up alongside the door and they were told to climb in. They were told they would be getting dropped off at their homes. Though after a long while, they were still driving and none of the students had been taken home. She said it was weird. The bus ride was almost silent. Most of them were worried that something had indeed gone down in the school and that some of the students might have been hurt or killed. They pulled up to the old church and they were ordered out. Almost all of the students were making an uproar by now when one of the kids refused to get off. A police officer raised his gun to him and told him to exit the vehicle now. When they were inside the building, they were quickly separated. She was shoved into the basement like I was. She said that once a day, someone comes by and drops a plate of food at the top of the stairs. Every so often, she can hear a classmate pass by her door being taken somewhere against their will. She couldn't tell me if she heard Andrew being taken anywhere or not. It makes me mad every time I think about it. How could I so blindly accept that they just disappeared? How could I not realize that something far more sinister was going on beneath the surface? After we stopped discussing our current situation, we settled into a sad and depressing silence. I could tell she had given up hope a long while ago. Soon after Carmen fell asleep, I did too. As distressed as I was down there, I was exhausted. I was prodded awake hours later. I squinted my eyes at the light coming up from the top of the stairs. I looked at Carmen next to me. This was the first time I'd seen her in the light, and she looked pale, sick, and dirty. I almost gasped audibly at the sight of her. You. You get up here. I looked back at the source of the light. Now that my eyes had adjusted, I saw Pascal and another man standing in the doorway. I looked back at Carmen and stood up. They grabbed me the second I climbed the top step. They shoved me forward and we walked back down the hallway I came from. As we walked towards the doors I entered the building through, I considered making a run for it. I knew this would probably be the only chance I would have to try and escape. But I looked at the gun in Pascal's holster and knew there wasn't anything I could do. I watched hopelessly as we passed the door and made our way forward. Before I could even comprehend what I had done, I rammed my elbow into the man holding me and jerked my arm out of his grasp. I bolted backward and through the door with enough time to see Pascal reach for his gun. I ran towards the woods. 
and when I heard a gunshot sound off behind me. I dove for the tree line and ran faster than I knew I could. I ran as far as my legs would take me. When I hit a main road, I flagged down the first car that drove by. It was a local family I recognized. They had two sons, one eight and one twelve. I told them everything. Shocked, they immediately drove me to the hospital. I must have been in pretty bad shape by then. I probably looked like I got hit by a car. An hour after being admitted to the hospital, my parents rushed into the room. My mom was sobbing, looking at them, made me break down in tears. Through heaving sobs, I tried to tell them what happened to me. My parents stared at me, horrified. My father turned to the doctor, saying, What is she talking about? She's not making sense. What's wrong with her? The doctor responded, We think she may have had a psychotic break. It would be best to leave her be until she's had some rest. I think they gave me a sedative, because I don't remember much of what happened after that. I woke up a long while later still in the hospital, and that was several days ago. I'm still here. No matter what I say, I can tell they don't believe me. My parents feign belief, but I know they're just humoring me. The only people who know I'm telling the truth are people I can't trust, and the only people I can trust don't believe me. I just now got on my computer and immediately went to update you guys. I just needed to tell my side of the story to someone who believes me. I wish I could write more, but they're making me sign off the computer. Thank you all so much. I like how fucking open-ended it is. Yeah. That was... Well, it was because, haunted. Because remember what she posted when you were reading all that Jeebus yeah. stuff? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's like she almost bought into it. Yeah. But looks like she Her was body like a, fought it off, but her mind yeah. might have been spouting Jesus shit the entire time. Mm. Which is pretty weird. It's pretty nuts. What is she talking about? Um, psychotic break? It's no, funny that... I think she really did encounter a cult. Oh, absolutely. They, they spelled her up, man. Yeah. They spelled that shit up. I think it's funny that we read this because it was almost like both of the things we were thinking of reading like combined into one. Yeah. A kind of slice of life story where someone just randomly talks about shit, but at the and same time it not. was like yeah. And then at the same time it was also like you know that creepy pasta bullshit we know and love. Mm. That mental madness that uh cult madness indoctrination all that shit that's good and tasty uh what do you think about the story i feel similar it brought it was like the kind of best of both worlds for what we uh for the other options for these stories to read now it's it's not written terribly well which is probably its biggest downside yeah i mean but it's the point where like cuz it's 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 doing that ranting um mm high schooler thing where they don't know how to format paragraphs yet but if that's the old I mean that's probably the old but if that's point. the worst part yeah. then you know they it's still they still had a fun time with the story just need to cut and the that's extra still bullshit a, out just cut the fat off literally yeah. cut off the and then I pressed enter like yeah. shit like that like not important yeah. not important information um like oh where did you press enter after you typed that shit yeah that's crazy 
what a twist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, that was fun. I think um, I think this kind of fits in line with your your last episode a little bit. Um, kids being abducted and shit. I also think it's very. Um, it's nice. It's almost like someone read Baraska and said, I can make just as compelling a story in, you know, 20 pages <laughs> instead of yeah. 50, 100. And I think, um, you know, minus the rape and turn it I into I just don't cult. like that in, in narratives oh. in general. <laughs> the rape. And so, like, the fact you that don't they, like... <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, just, it was just... <laughs> The human trafficking part was enough to tell me that these guys were bad. You didn't need... You didn't, you didn't I knew that these the guys rape? were bad. Okay? You didn't need the baby mill? No. You didn't like the baby mill, or you didn't need the baby mill? I didn't like it. I didn't need it. Like, once you... You had me at kidnappings, dude. Like, I get it. All right? These these are... They're doing bad things. <laughs> they're doing bad things. Yeah. I, uh... I don't really care which way it goes. I think, uh... I think, um... I think your sexual vulnerability is something that that needs to be brought up in good horror. I think uh, I think no one wants to be raped. I think that's a nightmare for fucking everyone. So I think um, you know I think of like um, the hills have eyes. You know. Yeah, like, I don't. I can't. I can't with that movie. That's like, fucking. The, literally that's what the I other mean. day. That's what I mean, though. <laughs> that's like my ass. Like my fuck no. Like literally the other day. That's where you draw the line. I came home and. Uh, I came to the front door and my stepdad and my brother were watching a movie that I didn't recognize and it looked kind of terrifying. I was like, oh shit, what y'all watching? And then I saw like a mutant looking person that I saw I wasn't set in the desert and I was like, oh wait, nope, 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 it's still has eyes. Can't do this movie. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they were in a forest, it would have been wrong turn. Yeah. But if they were in the desert, it's hills have eyes. No matter, that's not the thing. Like you said, I'm afraid of fish people. Yeah, I am. You're afraid of things that are people, but not people. Yes, that's exactly the best. it. It's like a humanism thing. Like you, because you're afraid of things that are close enough to humans, but aren't that it's uncanny. Like, there are no predators that focus on mimicking, but there are intelligent animals that do mimic. So if there's a predator that's intelligent enough to mimic, I'm scared of that. I wish I could have read Goat Man with you, dude. That would have been the story to read. Uh. You know. Um, have you ever heard Goatman? No. You need to listen to Goatman. I think okay. it's episode uh, 28. Alright. Um, kids go up to a cabin um, in, the, in the woods. And, you know, my favorite moment, I like to explain it this way, is um, they brought eight hot dogs. And at one point when they're cooking the hot dogs, they're like, alright, well we got eight people so everyone gets a hot dog. They hand out all the hot dogs. One of the kids says, I didn't get one. That's when they realize there are nine people in the room. No. Yeah, man. No. Story is fucking awesome. No. Yeah, man. It's good. I like that shit where... Uh, oh, it's good, dude. Like that short <laughs> one where the guy's, like, telling his daughter goodnight. She's like, Daddy, there's someone under the bed. And then there's, looks under and then the there's bed. someone on the bed, and it says there's some... Yeah. Oh, and then the daughter's under the bed, and she said there's someone on the on Yeah, the in bed. that situation, you set them both on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. Wait, oh, well, that's unfortunate. I just Ga- happened to be Daddy, carrying what's this that? gasoline, gasoline. matches. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need to go to the shed or anything. No. Um, I think that's hilarious. You absolutely need to read Anansi's Goatman story. It's one of the most popular, Wait, like, green text. There's someone on 
There's a guest called a Nancy, or is it called a Nancy's Goat? It Man? is literally called a Nancy's Goat Man story. A Nancy's literally another off... person I'm afraid of, like another like folk oh tale the, the entity. mythical entity. Yeah, yeah. Anansi, absolutely, yeah. definitely afraid of that. Dude. The African, he's, not nice. what is, he's like the African Loki. You know, he's that's like, a good way of putting he's it. He's like the madness and chaos, but totally fuck you, you're gonna die, kind of way. I feel like tricks, like trickster is just not. I don't like being tricked, man. No one likes being tricked. Tricksters think it's funny to, like, turn someone inside out. Like, that, like, like no, that's just like, not cool. They like, snap their fingers and your organs are on your outside and you're no longer a person. <laughs> like, especially when that's they're deities and shit. And then it's just like, uh, like, motherfucker, my body hurts. Stop it. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is pain. Um, I, yeah, man, you need to read the Goat Man story or at least listen to episode 28 because yeah. Gestalt and I have such a fucking time reading that story. All right, I gotta fuck with that. Yeah, no, that's a, like, that's a good one. That's oh, what, and yesterday odd, we And Odd Kids. Yeah. I told you about Odd Kids. Yeah, yeah. That, that, did that you, story freaked me Did you me listen to it or did you read yeah, it? Yeah, I think I, did you tell, I think I no, knew about it No, you knew it, yeah. you knew it beforehand. Yeah. That is odd true. Odd Kids is a fucking story that creeps me out. Um... There aren't many other things that are that are very. There was much another. Like there it. was another story where like this chick was in the woods, and something started banging on the outhouse in front of her and was mimicking her voice, but not right. Right. And A I, lot of search and rescue stories do shit like. Yeah, that. I'm just like, fucking mimics. Like yesterday when we came across those chests that I thought were like I was that like we all thought were mimics. I was the first one to be like I'm not going anywhere near those fucking chests. I fucking, someone else I, could. I very quickly yeah. said, guys, like, what, like do you, these... what do you call those things in Dark Souls where the chests aren't chests? Exactly. And you immediately said mimics, and I was like, this is that situation. And little do I know, where am I was just playing us to pit us against each other. Like, that's... Yeah, he just wanted us to waste some time. And just like, yeah, that's all. And just, yeah. That's all. He wanted us to think. But I see five chests in a room. I'm going to I assume, assume one of them is yeah. going to attack me. Yeah. At least one of them. I, uh, and then he brought up the idea. He was like, what if all of them attack you? And I was like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> like, like, I was in the middle of my mind. I was like, when he said that, I was like, I would literally burn all my fucking spell slots. Don't test To me. get rid of like, yeah. I, I, I will go nuclear. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. No, that absolutely would have happened. If like, we were I able to handle some cultists, like, we could have taken some mimics. And you know, in the Monster Manual, mimics don't have to be chests. No. They can be spell books. Yeah. Fucking pe- Like, it's literally ditto. That's why I don't fuck with it. Yeah. Like, mm. Chests are the most tempting because oh, you think, course. oh, gold, nice. I'm going to get something from mm. this and then it bites you. If mm. I were a DM, I would put a mimic like harp or like some kind of musical instrument if I had a bard in my crew. Dude, because do the Super Mario 64 mimic piano. The mimic piano. Mimic mimic piano. Yeah. That, that shit, shit was stuff was of nightmares. Fucking... You'd walk Super in there... Mario 64 was see, generally scary in some levels. The, the mansion was absolutely fucking terrifying. The water level is still a big fucking trigger to my trauma sure. to, to this day. That I music is so serene, but then those eels, man. The eels and then the fucking deep, and you don't know where... Once it gets out of the hole, you don't know where that fucker is. No. It can be in any... Uh, any all around you. You know, you're just like... This camera takes mad fucking slow to go around because it's N64 controls. I just loved that you'd enter the room with the piano and it mm-hmm. was just silhouetted in moonlight. 
yes. alone in its own room. And there was, like, a box of near it or something like that? And you literally had, like, one option, like, get to the other side of the room mm. or turn the fuck around and go back, because mm. the minute you get near it, it's gonna fucking fuck eat it. you. And that thing Teeth. fucked me up, man. Yo, it's like three fucking health points each bite. And what's and funny it would knock is... You down. What's funny is, that game came after the movie Haosu, so easily that scene was inspired by Haosu, where a piano eats a girl. What? Yeah, man. I think it was 79... 79 or 89. It's one of the nines. Um, oh, shit. Japanese film that... I think it's 79, because I think it inspired The Evil Dead, which was filmed in, like, 84. Um or like 82 oh. it predated evil dead by like three years but it was a japanese horror film um about kids going up to a, a witch's house on the top of a hill because they uh it's it's a relative of one of the girls um and all of them are like really cute and have their own quirks and they're all very stereotypical um, but the one is like a musical genius uh -huh. and like she sits down earlier and plays the piano but when the witch puts a spell on the piano um, it literally eats her limbs shit yeah man but yeah, mimic you would like Haosu I, I, I gotta check that out Haosu is fun it's evil dead with a bigger sense of humor Ooh. the Japanese have a very odd sense of humor at one point a guy who is, like, yelling about bananas literally gets turned into, like, a man shaped with bananas Wait, because he's, he's annoying. a man made out of bananas? Yeah, like, bushels of bananas. Like That's multiple, terrifying. Wearing, like, glasses. Oh, God. She just turns the guy into a bunch of bananas. That's illegal magic. It's hilarious is what it is. She's like, you want to bitch about bananas? You're fucking bananas. <laughs> <laughs> the shit... It's bananas. <laughs> B A N A S. I um. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's the wrap up. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to say to these kind folks? Um. Stay away from cults, you guys. Yeah, cults are not to be fucked with, and also stay away from schools. <laughs> no. Read more books. <laughs> don't don't go to schools. Uh, be homeschooled by your parents. You'll learn more, and you'll be protected more, and you'll have all types of disorders and no communication skills at all whatsoever. No, what you gotta do, kids, is go find an old man with a long beard and tell him to teach you magic. And he might that's... turn you into a yoke, though. He might, like, take you under his wing and jump onto a train with you and just use you for sexual pleasure. They, you'll learn some kind of magic. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of the trains. Um, I'll teach you the train magic, boy. But, yeah, stop stop doing that that stuff and go to school and just uh, <laughs> ask people to teach you Are things. Are you literally you contradicting me a minute after I just said fuck schools? Don't no, go to schools. I just said just don't go to schools. When you said fuck schools, like yeah, don't go to schools. Just, yeah, don't go to schools. Yes, yeah, just find random people on the street who look smart to you and ask them things. Teach me your ways. Yeah, just be like, hey man, how do I fucking do this? I just thought you were pulling a, a Harold heavy hands on me, which is like, I say one thing and he has to say the opposite literally no. a sentence later. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that was episode 137. I hope everyone fucking thought it was tasty because that's lots of pasta. Two, two, one, four, one.
smoke so much weed you wouldn't believe. And I get more ass than a toilet seat. Three to the one, from the one to the three. I met a bad bitch last night in the D. Let me tell you how I want me to leave with me. Conversation and Hennessy. I've been to the motherfucking mountaintop.